friends! Welcome to Name That Voice, a podcast where we discuss all things voiceover, from history and drama to trending hot topics and the lives of some of your favorite voice actors. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so grateful that you've decided to spend some time with me. Today, we are here again with yet another incredible episode where we will dive into how youth has shaped the growth of off-Broadway industries. And before moving on, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe for more amazing content. In recent years, we witnessed the emergence of many streaming service businesses and companies, which I refer to as off-Broadway because it's not really Hollywood, but there's still a lot of money and fame to be had. And I thought it would be a good idea to bring this up because it is relevant in the scope of voiceover and creatives as a whole. So let's first start by discussing off-Broadway companies specifically and literally, because that's why I'm using that term in this episode. What is off-Broadway? These were theater groups that were an offshoot of on Broadway in New York. So they usually were smaller, more affordable to go to, and a lot of Broadway stars got their start in these off-Broadway troops. So you would normally book an off-Broadway and then you use that on your resume to get cast in Broadway. That doesn't happen all the time. This is a huge generalization. I just wanted to kind of give that as an illustration that you kind of build up your resume and show that you are a major player in the game. These groups have been a mainstay on the New York theater scene, but now a similar trend is emerging in Hollywood. So off-Broadway companies in Hollywood are stepping up to the plate and creating fresh and experimental shows that push the boundaries of conventional storytelling in response to younger audiences' demand for more diverse and original content. So now you can kind of see why I'm calling it off-Broadway. Streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu are an illustration of this development. These businesses are now significant players in the entertainment sector and are able to create and release content that conventional Hollywood studios may have overlooked. So hey, have you ever wondered how your beloved streaming service, Netflix, came to be? I mean, we all love to Netflix and chill, but do we know the origins of this entertainment giant? Let me enlighten you with the fascinating story of how Netflix got its start. In 1997, Netflix, the king of on-demand media, started off as a website that allowed people to rent DVDs online, which competed with brick-and-mortar video rental businesses like Blockbuster, which is, fun fact, my first job, and soon enough compete with networks and cable for people's entertainment time. It all began with the idea that people would rather rent DVDs online and have them delivered by mail than go to a physical video store. It wasn't until 2007 when internet speeds got fast enough and personal computers got powerful enough that Netflix introduced its streaming service. And the rest is history. With years, the television industry has been revolutionized by Netflix, which has also compelled cable companies to alter the way they conduct business. Which, honestly, what an accomplishment. But do you wonder what is Netflix's secret to success? Producing captivating original content, analyzing user data to personalize the viewing experience, and giving viewers the freedom to watch their favorite shows and movies on their own terms. This is what Netflix offers. 
with a whopping 167 million paying subscribers worldwide, Netflix is the undisputed leader on the on-demand media market. Thanks to Netflix's influence, more and more American households are ditching cable for good. With 27% planning to cancel paid cable service in 2021, by offering these tiers of affordable monthly subscription prices, Netflix has made itself an attractive alternative to traditional cable. Fun personal fact: I only have cable because it comes free with my internet, and I don't even use it. <laughs> Since introducing its streaming service in 2007, it has continued to revolutionize the television industry. With its move into producing original content back in 2013, proving to be a game changer, while facing fierce competition from the likes of Amazon, Google, and Disney, Netflix's early success has cemented its position as a true industry disruptor. Fans of Netflix series Stranger Things alone watched a mind-blowing 18 billion minutes, while viewers consumed another 11 billion minutes with Virgin River and The Umbrella Academy. Meanwhile, on Hulu, Only Murders in the Building and The Bear kept audiences glued to their screens for a total of three billion minutes, and Amazon Prime had their fair share of hits too, with The Terminalist. And new episodes of The Boys, racking up over eight billion minutes of viewership. Looks like everyone's in for some serious streaming time. And for all the anime lovers out there, Netflix offers a fantastic method for funding anime and other genres that cable broadcasters may have missed. They have a large and continuously expanding subscriber base that pays a monthly charge to access their content library. This suggests that businesses can experiment with niche content, with confidence that a loyal audience will still be drawn to it. In fact, Netflix has gathered a devoted following for its original anime programs, like Castlevania and Gretzko, which traditional cable networks may have passed over. In addition, companies may distribute their own programs worldwide and earn more money from licensing fees because they own the rights to it. Due to everything, Netflix is becoming a major player in the entertainment industry. And if you made it till here, you deserve a bonus fact. Did you know? In 2020, Netflix added more subscribers in a single year than the entire population of Canada. That like really hurts my brain to think about. <laughs> Another justice done by streaming services like Netflix and Amazon is that they have revived shows that were otherwise canceled by TV broadcasters due to less viewership and other reasons. One example of this is Lucifer. This supernatural procedural was canceled by Fox after three seasons, but was given new life on Netflix, where it had been renewed for multiple seasons and got an actual send-off. When Fox gave the Mindy Project the boot after three seasons, fans were devastated. But Hulu stepped in to save the day, renewing the beloved sitcom for not just one, not two, but three more seasons. Sci-fi shows especially have it tough. They cost a pretty penny to produce and require big ratings to make a profit. That's why fans of The Expanse were crushed when Sci-Fi canceled the show after just three seasons. But never fear, Amazon came to the rescue just weeks later, saving the series from a premature end. And boy, did it pay off! The show is now gearing up for its sixth season and still going strong. Space may be the final frontier, but the expanse is proving that it's not the end for great sci-fi TV.
The TV industry, once a force to be reckoned with in the world of advertising, is now facing stiff competition from video streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime. These services are shaking up the way people watch TV, especially young viewers, who are embracing the ad-free, on-demand content that streaming has to offer. The question now is whether TV can adapt and stay relevant in this brave new world, or whether it will be dethroned by the streaming revolution. TV ads are taking a hit from subscription video services, with U.S. sales dropping 7.8% to $61.8 billion in 2017, the sharpest decline in 20 years. Advertisers are shifting their budgets to digital channels like Google and Facebook, which offer targeted ads for individual viewers. Digital is set to make up nearly half of all ad revenue in the U.S. in 2018, as tech giants like Amazon snap up broadcasting rights to major sports events. Traditional TV channels are feeling the squeeze. Meanwhile, in response to TV landscape changes, media and content owners are adapting to stay afloat. Disney launched two streaming services, NBC Universal is reducing commercials to increase ad impact, and UK broadcasters ITV, Channel 4, and Sky are defending TV's ability to build brands and reach younger audiences. While some European countries are accustomed to ad-free TV, SVOD services are less appealing in places where commercial TV dominates. In the digital realm, consumers rarely encounter ad loads of more than 10%, and can often skip or avoid them altogether. Despite the challenges facing the TV industry, there is still hope. As consumers become wary of digital media, TV remains a powerful tool for building brands and driving awareness. Plus, as SVOD services proliferate, ad-supported, free-to-use media may once again become appealing. However, TV must adapt and offer fewer, high-impact ads that are targeted and engaging to viewers to survive in a world where ad-free content is the norm. Innovation and adaptation are key for the old guard to succeed in these fast-paced times. Consumers, especially youngsters, love reliable entertainment that's free, with top-notch advertising and something to chat about at work. Ad breaks make up a whopping 20 to 30 percent of primetime TV, shaping how viewers see the medium. Wealthier audiences are ditching channels with intrusive, dull ads, so there's a chance for the industry to up their ad game. By making ads less disruptive and more relevant, the TV industry can survive in a world where it's no longer the biggest broadcasting platform. Thanks for tuning in to Name That Voice. Want to delve deeper into the topic? Check out the sources in the video description as well as the audio notes of the podcast. And don't be shy. Drop a comment with your study requests. Thank you for watching. I so appreciate it. Remember that you are loved, you are worthy, and whatever you are struggling with today will pass. Until next time, stay crazy! Stay crazy!